0: JD talking Sports. It is Monday, June 19th, 2017. Father's Day yesterday, second podcast. Realize that when you do a podcast at 3 o'clock in the morning, you don't get to everything you want to talk about, and you're really sleep-deprived, and you're thinking insanely, and you got to go, hey, maybe I'll do another one a little later. So I'm going to do a short and sweet one now. A couple things I wanted to talk about. Get them off my chest. Go from there. Now... Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking about this. I talked talk saw Carol today. I was turning my client, Carol. Carol. Oh, JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, you can rate me on iTunes. It'd be great. I'd love to have more people listening to my show. Tell more people. Tell everybody about it. Love to hear from you. Okay, Isaac, you got to go. I love you. Now, Jerry Longman in the New York Times wrote a great article about Yarmila Katohiyoa. She is the world record holder in the 800 Meter's in '83, she did in a in a buck fifty three and twenty eight one hundredths of a second, which was unprecedented. Oh, it's Kra it's Kratok Vilova, I'm sorry, Yarmila. And this picture of her, Carol. That's what, that's why I wanted to talk about her. She is you. I mean, if you look closely and I'm not trying to be sexist but you think it's a man. She has the legs and upper body tremendous. Now she's 6'6 six, six now. She's a coach and they wanted to actually, all world records before 2005, they want to you know, get rid of because of the anti-doping push and she said that if they do, it will still be in my head and the heads of others. Now another person that could Also, Flojo, who is deceased, her 100 meters and 200 meters in 88 would also be gone. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. 83, she was age of 32. She is jacked. She is Czechoslovakia, She is Czech. She's been retired for three decades, but broke the record, set the record. And actually, no one's come close. The closest... Since I'm looking here almost a second yeah about almost a second faster than Pamela Jalimo did of Kenya in two thousand eight, and I'm looking at records here for the last yeah two thousand Jalimo also did it she almost did she did it over a second faster, which is amazing, and now she's coaching athletes, but they said her work ethic was out of control, but I just if you get a chance to look at this get a chance to look at this picture of her. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I mean, (laughs) Carol showed it. Carol's married to Carol. The two Carol's. I always, I always love that. Carol's married to Carol. So Carol showed Carol, and Carol goes, "Who's he?" And Carol goes, "This is she." And my father also said the same thing. And I talked about this earlier, but I didn't get to get deeper into what I wanted to talk about. And I was like, holy freaking shit. I mean, she's ja- I mean, it, it, she's a physical specimen. Now, I worked out in a gym, Olympia when I was kid in Verona. There was a guy who worked out there who was trying to be professional and he was the biggest dude I ever saw and I know he was getting help. Well, he went through a partner in the morning, a partner at night. And I know that in her country in, Sh- in Czechoslovakia that she under the regime back then, you know, that's what you did. You, you know, the regime had the drugs. And if you wanted to get a better life, you did it. And you didn't ask any questions. East Germany did it. The East Germans did it all the time, too. And you know what? She did what she was given. And she worked her ass off. And I. But it is cheating. It is cheating. But I'm just saying that, you know, they even did a study on athletes. They said, if we give you a drug, you break all the records and you drop dead in five years, would you take it? And 50% of them said they would. A lot of people said they would. Because, you know, everybody says, you know, uh, what is it? Uh... Party hard, leave a good-looking corpse or whatever. But you think about, hey, you know what? You have a great career, and poof, you know that's what you want to go out—the glory. That's. I'm just saying. I know. I, maybe I'm just rambling a little bit here, but I am. It's amazing to see this picture of her and just look at her. I mean, she's a physical specimen, but she's very masculine-looking. I mean, it's just. And I think it's good that we check for these these um, for these. the the athletes they said that might have been taking performance enhancing drugs. I just say might as well make it legal. Let everybody be in a level playing field. Everybody's taking it or they're trying to find ways to get around it. Barry Bonds did it. A-Rod did it. He didn't get, you know, I mean, guys did it forever. Still do it. They're still doing it to this day. They're talking about how the tennis players have been doing it. I mean, they're talking, there are rumors about tennis players being on performance uh, PEDs. Everybody's been doing it. Everybody's trying to find ways to mask it. And it's going to be, you know, if people can get an edge, they're going to get an edge any way they can. If they found, you know, hey, people were drinking, you know, uh, urine and stuff. I mean, they, they'll they they'll do anything to get the edge. People will, you know, now they have the hyperbaric chambers. They have all this stuff. You know, t- Tom Brady with his diet, all this crap. Hey, listen, everybody's trying to get a goddamn edge. I'm just saying that this woman, wow. I mean, she was on some serious, she had some great, great, She she had some chemists working, giving her the best of the best. Now, I know she worked her ass off, too. But you look at this picture, and you think it's a man. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, you look at this picture, it's really striking. I hope they can clean this up, just like they did with the Tour de France. I would like it to see everybody in the level playing field. Will that ever happen? I don't know. I really don't. I would hope so, but I'm not 100% sure. And then I read that. And then from there... I have, you know, you know. maybe I shouldn't get to that stuff. But I, I know people who have cancer, who've had problems in the past and all that such. And there's a woman, long-distance runner, who, Gabrielle Grunewald, Minnesotan. She actually was, walked on at Minnesota and then ended up becoming an All-American, 30 years old, she has a scar down the front of her stomach i mean it is impossible not to not to miss she actually re, ran the pre fontaine classic which is one of the biggest races in the in the world out of oregon she finished 9 out of 10 but she delayed her chemotherapy so she could run the race she has a rare metastatic cancer 9 months ago they cut a large tumor out of her liver which left the scar which is on her stomach. If you get to see the picture in the New York Times, the article is by Michael Powell New York Times. It is a great freaking article. It just makes you think, here, you know, we complain about shit, and this woman is competing. Now she's competing with this. This is her fourth bout with cancer. She turns 31 this month. She's married to a man who's in, madly in love with her, who is in residency, a doctor. And God damn it, if she isn't... She says, "I'm a young adult with cancer. I don't always love talking about it. It's not a made-for-TV movie. It's real. It's scary." And it was interesting. The last, her husband had hugged her, and he felt the growth, and that's what led to this last one. She is amazing. She actually grew up in three-hour drive northwest of Minneapolis. She rode the bench at basketball, running even at temperatures dropping to 10 below, and ice form on the lips was her freedom. She said, small-town politics could make te- team sports a headache. Running was all about you. You know, pretty cool. And she talks about how it's just kind of rough, she says, of the cancer. That shadow keeps sneaking in. Now, she when her only state title her senior year, you know, made the University of Minnesota team as a walk-on. Her first year, that's where she met her husband, Grunewald, Dr. Doc- B., She says, a fifth-year senior, she obtained a master's degree in public policy. So this, this girl works her ass off. She felt a tiny cyst below her left ear, and she had it checked out and fielded a call a good Friday in a hotel lobby in Tempe, Arizona, where she was in a track meet. She had adenoid cystic carcinoma, a rare cancer, the doctor told her. And she they said, you know, maybe the coach said, said she, she'd miss the race. Well, she ended up running a personal best of four minutes, 22 seconds, at the 1,500 meters, known as the metric mile. There's 20, 1,200 cases of the incurable cancer are diagnosed each year. Crazy. Eighty percent of those who have the cancer make it five years without recurrence. Then, if it often returns, commonly in the lungs. Overall, the fifteen-year survival rate is forty percent. And I just read this, and I was like, "She also has a Brooks sponsorship, which is about thirty to fifty thousand a year." She became an all-American, turned pro. Two thousand and eleven, she finished third nationally in the mile. She missed. She finished fourth in two thousand in two thousand. in the 1500 barely missed the London Games and in 2014 she had the fastest time among Americans in the 3000 meters your husband is Justin he said your stomach feels funny when he hugged her in 2016 Olympic trials a couple weeks later he said your stomach feels funny and she said I have a weird tingling feeling down there like heartburn in the wrong place. She said if it's uh, metastatic and she said that's scary you can't smile that away. And she talked about her husband he doesn't look at me like I'm a dying person you can tell when doctors look at you well she was saying about she went to Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York and she found a doctor there he doesn't look at me like I'm a dying person he says you can tell when doctors look at you like that I don't think it's my situation even if it is it's not helpful she's not she either I think I love what her husband says he goes I'm an emotional guy and if I dwell on nothing good dwell on nothing good happens I wouldn't get out of bed I just want to spend every minute of my life with this girl I love so much yeah you know what I read that and I was like okay now hey you know what it's my podcast I went for a routine freaking um, a routine physical, and I've always had too much protein in my urine. I've had it forever, and the doctor tells me I have cancer. And I was like, "Well, they do all this test, and I have light change in my urine, and it's a very low levels where." Now I said, well, you know, it's you know curable. They said it's treatable. Not that's what they say to you. Treatable, not curable. But my levels are so low right now. They just check it every three months. But it's still there is cancer cells in my system. And I went to see a oncologist who said I saw a doctor who said, no, it's you know I can have this the rest of my life and nothing can happen. But my oncologist says eventually it's going to turn to cancer and you're going to have to take care of it. I know people who've had this can't this kind of blood cancer and they live with it or whatever. But it's still cancer. It's kind of you know. And I read about this girl and she you know. But what did I do? I I said, "What the fuck, man?" I'm like, I, don't, I don't like saying "fuck cancer" because I don't, I don't think that works for me. It's not a term that works for me. But it was very interesting to, you know, be told that. And you do, you think about your life and everything. And I remember what it said. I said, "Is it curable?" They said, "It's treatable, not curable. It's something you have, and you live with it." I mean, I, I, I work out. I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. But it's, it's like a, something I have. And I, you know, I don't know. I read this article. And I don't feel sorry for myself, as she doesn't. And she has a scar on her stomach. She doesn't know how long she'll live. And she's like, "Fuck it, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fucking race." And I'm like, "I get up every day and you just keep doing it because you never know what's gonna happen. You don't know. You don't. You don't know anything in life." So I do my podcast. I go to work, and I just keep going. And I, I read these articles, and I like doing the podcast so I can tell people about the stuff that means something to me or resonates with me, and I can talk about it. And I just—that's what I just wanted to say. So I said it. All right. It's out there. I'm not taking it back. I'm just saying. And I just read that the the Cavs are parting with GM, parting ways with GM David Griffin, which I kind of feel is kind of crazy. I feel like he is the real deal. And they won a championship with him, and now they're saying Chauncey Billups is is emerging as a candidate for the Cavs GM job. Okay. Okay, if you think so. And Yankees. I told Frankie, my buddy Frank Delenck today, that Gleyber Torres is going to have Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing arm. How about that? That is crazy, right? He tore an elbow ligament in his non-throwing arm. Unbelievable. un believable Not good at all. I mean, I'm just like, Wow. Not good, not good. And now Jimmy Butler, they're talking about my go-to-the-Cavaliers. And I talked to my buddy, my buddy Ben. I call him Mark Eden because of the... I, I was giving him a, a codename. But I was talking to him today about basketball. And I was asking him about Markel Futz, the kid from Washington. And I asked about you know the George trade. I see he says he loves uh, love for George. He says it makes a ton of sense. He said I thought Boston didn't want uh, Fultz. I'm sorry, Mark uh, Fultz, and got slightly more value back. He said Sixers gave back a little in value, but Fultz is a far better fit for the Sixers. And I thought, what do you think of him? You know, have you watched him a lot? He goes, I only watch highlights, so he doesn't have a strong opinion, but he said his skill set is perfect for them. Good shooter off the dribble, especially from the three-point, which is what basketball is. Also very good on the pick and roll, which is essential to basketball now. Also size to switch on defense. He fits in the modern NBA. And I said, well, Golden State's still the best team by a lot. He said, they are a lot, but if Iguodala doesn't come back, then they're they're still the best team, but is a guy that pushes, makes them a very, very much better by big terms. But Iguodala might try the free agent market. They said he could get $20 million a year. I think Iguodala, I, I, I mean, I guess you want $20 million a year, but I, if I could win championships every year, I think I would take championships. But what am I to say? I'm not an, I'm not a basketball player, but I think I'd want to keep winning as, a going, as opposed to going to a team and getting the money. But you know what? Athlete's career is short. He's won a couple rings. He's shown he, he can win. Maybe he wants to go and challenge somewhere else. That could happen too. He feels Liv, uh, Sean Livingston is more replaceable. He also feels that if they went after nene and got rid of uh uh Zsa Zsa, it wouldn't be a bad thing for Golden State and nene had a great but he got hurt at the end of the season with the with the rockets was it was it nene with yeah I'm blanking on what team nene was on Nene was yeah I thought he was on. NBA. Oh, I'm sorry. He was with the, yeah, with the Rockets. He got hurt in the playoffs, and he was out the end of the playoffs. He averaged, he averaged nine points, four rebounds this past year. And this is what he said. Sixers could start uh, Joel Embiid, Sarek, Covington, Simmons, and Fultz. He said that's a huge lineup. You got 7'2", 6'10", 6'9", 6'11", guys will be the tallest in the NBA, he thinks. Yeah, I mean, that's a very tall starting five. And four of those, four of those guys can switch. Sarek, less so. So I said, it's playoff six year? He goes, maybe depends on health, which they haven't had good luck with. Embiid or Simmons hasn't, still hasn't played a game in the NBA. And lots of young dudes. He goes, if healthy, so they could be contending for a championship in three years. I'll tell you, I would not mind having six-year season tickets. And I said, and the Knicks will be contending in 2040. And he said, well, he said, does Dolan die in 2030? (laughs) And I said, what an ass. He goes, yep, what an ass. Very funny. Very funny. Cracked me up. Just cracks me up. Yeah, so we were talking about that today. Just cracked me up. I, I, I just thought it was really funny. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. And it's interesting, I was talking to a guy today, there's a doorman at the building where I, I have a doctor's appointment, I see all the time, and he, he, we were comparing how OBJ and Randy Moss, that kind of dynamic kind of player, where I was reading about how the Giants now, for next year, are going to have OBJ, Shepard, Brandon Marshall, and Engram. And actually, you know, the more guys to throw the ball to, I guess we'll see what happens, but when, when, when Eli is bad, he's really bad. And I read the MMQB today, too, which I thought was kind of interesting. And they were talking about how, you know, now they have the Rooney Rule and everything. And John Wooden is a old-timer, African-American, and how the NFL is He said there's 32 NFL franchises now, have a total of 15 minorities, either coaching the team or running the personnel side of the team. And Wooden said that, he said, it's very gratifying. He says, I'll never forget years ago when Dallas President Tex Ram said to me, you're trying to tell us who to hire. He said, no text. We simply want a chance to interview for these jobs. And I think that, yeah, I don't understand. You know what? I look at, I look at basketball. I look at a lot of the new coaches. I did this a uh, uh, study on the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament. African-American men and women coaches, not very, very small numbers. Very small numbers. And I feel, yeah, I feel like, you know what? They should all get a shot. And, and Washington now has head of player personnel is Doug Williams, This is a team that was the last to integrate its roster in 62, has never had a minority run the personnel side of the franchise in its 85-year history until this week. And that has to, you know, hey, Doug Williams, Doug Williams said something very interesting. And Williams never thought he'd get a shot, but he grew up being told opportunities would come because of merit, not color. And that was reinforced by his, you know, coach at Grambling, historically black, African-American at black college, by his coach, Eddie Robinson, who said never said, he said, you, you know, Eddie Robinson never said you can do this because you're black. He said, if you're ever going to get a chance, you're going to get a chance in America. And he goes, and here it is. I thought that was pretty pretty good. And he put some speeches on some commencement speeches and Helen Mirren, I thought this was really cool. She said to Tulane University, she spoke to them May 21st. I, I really like what you said here. She says, don't, overcomplicate things. Don't procrastinate. Do say thank you when it's merited. Don't lose your sense of humor. Do confront bullies. Do open your heart to love. Don't confuse sex with love. I like that. Love generally lasts longer than two minutes. Amen to that. Don't soak tobacco or chew it. And don't dive in the water if you don't know how deep it is. And one more thing, don't procrastinate. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I like that a lot. Also, at the Senior Bowl, Doug Williams and tight end Grambling quarterback Doug Williams and Alabama tight end Ozzie Newsome both played in the game together, and now 39 years later, they're leading the two franchise, franchises in Maryland and D.C., the Ravens and the Redskins. And how about this? From April 17th, 2004, Diana Taurasi was selected first by Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA draft. April 24, 2004, a week later, Larry Fitzgerald selected third by the Cardinals in the NFL draft, and both are still playing. you got to give a shout-out to Mark Dalton, the Card's, Arizona Cardinals PR man I thought that was pretty cool and there's a great article in the the New York Times today which I told Carol Reed about the friendship between Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi both came to UConn. well Sue Bird was there first and she talked about when she came for a recruiting visit how quiet she was and then Diana Taurasi comes and they said the the recruiting trip and she's like got this you know just cockiness but it's a she backs it up and that she went out that night and she was dancing the uh, the Crip uh, the, the like the thriller dance and she was uh, doing the robot dance and everything and she had the whole place she, they were all she had She had the room she had control of the room and that's the way she, she said she was they never played together pros they played together in the Olympics they played together over in Russia and Sue Bird was there for her when in 2009 Tarasi had the DWI problems and then when in 2014 the her Russian club said for 1.4 million they said hey take off the season and she said that and Super told her hey you do this this is going to help you know extend your instead of playing another two years you can play another five years they both want to play in the 2020 Olympics just a cool article if you get a chance to read it I highly recommend it it was it was pretty cool to read pretty pretty cool. And I just read this. The difference in David Griffin and Dan Gilbert's vision for calves going forward caused breakdown in negotiation. Hmm. Oh, and Tiger Woods says he's receiving professional help to manage medications for back pain and sleep disorder. Amen to that. Wow. Wow. Pretty cool, right? Pretty And, man, I read some crazy shit today. I read... What did I read today? Okay, Chauncey Billups, read that. Yeah, Cavs trying to acquire Jimmy Butler in a multi-team trade. Mets are playing at the Dodgers tonight. Dodgers 44-26. and Mets are 31-37. and Zach Wheeler going against Clayton Kershaw. Who do you think is going to win that game? Clayton Kershaw. And the trade was finalized. So the Sixers are expected to select Washington guard Markel Fultz, number one. And they traded their number three overall pick in the future first round pick. And it could be a, from a number of teams. It could be the Lakers selection next year, if it falls between two and five, or a first round of two th- 2019 belonging to the Kings or the Sixers. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. And Danny Ainge believes there's a good chance the player the Celtics would have drafted number one will be there at number three. Who do you think that is? Hmm. We shall see. But this I thought was amazing. Listen to this. Global diabetes jumped 40% in the last two years, report says. Global diabetes jumped 40%. That's scary. That's why JD works out all the freaking time. All the time. And Sons they said, are trying to trade up in draft for Alonzo Ball. I guess we'll see. Chris Cyborg, Justino, and Megan Anderson will fight for featherweight title on July 29th. And Jermaine Durandamy was stripped of her belt. And that, I was trying to find out what happened with. Yeah, why was she. She was stripped. Yeah, was really though She found out from social media. She found out through social media. That she is removed as the women's featherweight champion due to her unwillingness to fight the number one ranked contender, Chris Cyborg Justino. Okay. Wow. Hey. They got tough with her. UFC cited uh, Durandami's refusal to fight Cyborg as the catalyst behind the decision to strip her. Despite the bitter end, Durandami 33, said, this is not the end of her career. I'm definitely coming back. I will go back to 135 pounds. Okay. We shall see. Uh, Conor McGregor. F- Floyd will beat him. Conor McGregor's sparring partner th- said that Floyd will beat. Him. Wait. Conor McGregor's sparring partner. Floyd will beat him up so badly they'll stop the fight. <laughs> Chris Van uh, Heerdin left South Africa. From South Africa. Wow. That's okay. Wow. Well, that. That doesn't bode well for uh... Yeah Oh, he. you know what he said People telling me Mayweather will have his handfuls Trying to land on McGregor Stop it I respect McGregor But it ain't Floyd And I land they, That's what he said They said that he had been getting beaten up By McGregor During sparring sessions And he says No, that really wasn't the case it was made to look that way, but you can imagine that everyone's killing me. I'm from South Africa, you know. And he said, kind of put that edited video out and it made me look bad. I told him, I don't appreciate that. I was doing you a favor because I'm not your sparring partner. He didn't pay me. I did you a favor because you asked me to help you out. And then he released the entire sparring session in an attempt to clear the record, so to speak. Wow. And actually, hey, he wants to get in on the Card, he hopes to fight WBA welterweight champ Lamont Peterson. <laughs> you know, listen, karma's a bitch, man. He says, I call a, I'm a guy who calls a spade a spade. and don't touch stars or anything like that. He said, Connor's boxing skills, boxing skills didn't impress me. Let me tell you that. His boxing skills didn't impress me as far as being an MMA fighter. He says he knows a little about boxing bad aspect for me is his position and his timing. He's got a good eye. He's all over the floor. His footwork's not good, but he's a mobile guy. As I said, he's got a good eye and a good counter left hand. He doesn't think he has a chance, though. And he said McGregor's vaunted punching power was negligible. He said he wasn't phased by his power at all, either. You know what? Nobody gives a shit. Everybody's going to pay for the goddamn fight. No one cares. No one cares. They want to see the goddamn fight. No one cares. No one cares. Everybody wants to see this fight. Everybody. Everybody wants to see this fight. Everybody's chomping to the bit for this fight. Come on. Are you kidding me? Everybody can't wait. Me either. And how about this? Josh Freeman had had a tryout for the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL. has to try out this i mean it's amazing Went from starting quarterback to a guy who had to get a tryout in the cfl unbelievable unbelievable i guess we'll see what happens was there anything else i wanted to talk about today I guess, you know what? I guess we're going to see what's going to happen. No Yankees tonight. Yankees on a 60' losing streak. That's really what I wanted to talk about tonight. All right. We have some trivia questions for tonight. J.D., let's get to... Okay. Last night's... Okay. Last night's trivia question. Okay, what college in the last fifty years is the only one to win an NCAA basketball championship in its first Final Four appearances? In its first Final Four appearance, UConn men in '99 when they beat Duke. I went to the drive. I was, at, I was at UNC. I watched the game and I wanted to the drive over to Duke's campus. I was so fucking happy because I hate Duke. I really do. So happy. Ah, oh, that's a great trivia question. It always makes me happy when I hear when I read a bad Duke. Duke losing in basketball. Okay. And tonight's trivia question, who was the first African-American men's basketball coach to win an NCAA championship? Who was the first af- African-American men's basketball coach to win an NCAA championship? Folks, let's see if the Mets can get... Hey, they're on a win, one-game winning streak. They're going out west. Can they beat Clayton Kershaw tonight? I don't know. Jermaine me get back out there. Don't let it knock you down. Gabrielle Grunewald, you're my hero. Keep at it, keep at it, keep on trucking. And Yarmila Kratok Vilova, man, that she was a badass, man. I'll tell you, I I, I would like to have done a workout with her. I would like to see peace. I heard her work- workouts were legendary. All right, folks, I'm out of here. Peace out. Have a good night.